You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA. We are now officially less than a week away till the start of the regular season when the Pelicans travel up to to Toronto to take on the Raptors, the ring ceremony game. It's pretty cool to be selected for that. You've got to be a young up and coming team if that's going to be the case. We're all excited, but we're going to get through the week talking about everything you want to know. We're going to be taking questions from Twitter on this one. So entire kind of mailbag type of episode. We're going to look at Brandon Ingram. When should the Pelicans pay him? Because he's going to be up. Do you take the risk and do it now or do you wait? We'll look at that. We'll take a look at could anyone get cut from the team in the role Kenny Hustle might be playing? And then finally, a question I thought, which is pretty interesting, is what is the closing lineup? Well, I have an idea for that, but also it depends. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So before we get to your questions, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from Monday through Friday here for you, breaking down everything you want to know. Also, do me a favor, leave a five-star review and tell a friend about the show. You're excited. This is going to be a really fun year. Get as many people on the Pelicans bandwagon as possible by telling your friends, leaving a five-star review and subscribing to Locked On Pelicans. So let's dive right into your questions. The first one coming from Hot Pelicans Takes. It's at Hot Pelicans, and man, you could read that username in a variety of ways there, but I get what you're going for. And the question is, in your opinion, should we take the risk and pay Ingram now at a smaller dollar amount or wait until the end of the season when we can see what he can do and offer him a contract then? So the initial answer is, yeah, you want to wait. I don't think Brandon Ingram would actually take a lower dollar amount now. I think he's pretty sure of himself and thinks he's going to be in store for a big scoring year, among other things, and wouldn't take anything less than a full-blown max offered to him right now. And if you're him, why would you? You know, if you're going to get a smaller amount, just get a smaller amount later. And unless you have a serious injury or the blood clot reoccurs, and we're not expecting it to, then you know, you're potentially costing yourself money by accepting a deal now rather than hoping that you will get the max. And if you look at free agency, you know, coming up this next year, assuming the salary cap doesn't drop with the China situation, but let's assume it doesn't, you know, there's going to be some pretty desperate teams there. The Knicks are going to have a lot of cap room. You know, maybe they just get desperate and throw a full max at Ingram as a young guy that they can claim is going to be a future superstar. So if you've got, you know, a desperate Knicks team out there, plus some other teams, because the wing market isn't great, it never is, I don't see why he would take a smaller deal now. So on his side, it doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're the Pelicans, 
I don't think it makes necessarily a lot of sense either. One, you know, maybe they're looking to trade him at the deadline or something like that and not have to make a decision on him. So you don't want to give him that contract now. You want to trade him to another team for them to use him as a bit of a rental, kind of like what the Phoenix Suns did, bringing in Kelly Oubre uh, at the trade deadline last year, a restricted free agent that basically gave them like a six-month look at him to determine what they want to do. I think you could see Ingram kind of used in that same way as a team that'll trade you a veteran that maybe costs less, gives you you know about the same amount of production or maybe less production, but doesn't you don't have to worry about committing a long-term contract to that guy. And so Ingram could kind of be a, a situation like that. The other thing is if he does have a bad year, the Pelicans are probably going to get him cheaper later than they would now. And that's a great thing for your salary cap situation. But also, what if he's just not good? What if he doesn't fit? What if he just, you know, decides to do his own thing and just go iso ball all the time and not really try and play within the flow of the offense? And you know what? You just decide you want to let him walk. One of the things that could have hampered the Pelicans in years past, I don't think it actually did, but it was the idea of you had to sign Eric Gordon to that max contract restricted free agent type of deal. You could have just let him walk, you know, in the trade for Chris Paul. It's a sunk cost fallacy. And Dell Demps ran into that quite often, Omer Ashik too. I don't know if David Griffin's going to run into that sort of thing because he just, I don't know, seems smarter, I guess. And so you've got to wonder if, you know, maybe he would be comfortable letting Brandon Ingram just walk. And that's okay. Sometimes not paying a guy and letting him go for nothing, it's still useful. It's not, you know, nothing either you're getting in return. You're getting back all the money you're not spending on him, whether that's in cap room or closer to the, you know, keeping you further away from the luxury tax. If you are over the cap, there's value in all of that. So it's not actually like you get zero in return. So because of that, I don't think, you know, the Pelicans have any kind of incentive to really try and lock him up right now. Just kind of let things play out this season, but also let the like future market play out. He's a restricted free agent. You can match. It's really as simple as that. If it turns out his market's the max, use max the, you know, match the max. If it's less than that, you match that too. You can completely let the market dictate what he gets paid rather than just doing it yourself. And I don't see the Pelicans really, you know, unless, you know, something surprises us, the deadline for these extensions is Monday at 3 p.m., 6 p.m., something like that. Um, that, uh, you know, I don't see any, I don't see a deal getting done. I could be wrong. Maybe we kind of get surprised, but I think the Pelicans really want to play this out and see how things go. And I just don't think Brandon Ingram will accept anything other than a max contract. And he probably does feel he's in line for a big deal. So I think this is something that, you know, is really on the horizon next year. We've got to keep an eye on it and maybe Ingram's play and we'll see where it goes. But the Pelicans are in good spot. You can let this guy go for nothing and it's not the end of the world, maybe more so, um, uh, less the end of the world than it would have been with Eric Gordon. And it's a good situation to be in, all things told. So we'll take a look at who might get cut. We'll talk a little bit about the rotation and Kenny Hustle's role in particular coming up here in just a moment. But we've got the locked on NBA previews rolling all week. They started last Friday. They're going to go through the end of the week, breaking it down division by division. So I'm not on Locked On NBA on Wednesday for this one because we've got the division previews. But I was on Monday talking about the Southwest Division and the Pelicans as a team. Give these a listen. It's a lot of fun. It can just catch you up on everything you need to know about basically every team in the NBA in a quick and easy way. And frankly, you should just be listening to Locked On NBA to catch up on everything going on around the association. So wherever you get your podcast from, subscribe to Locked on NBA.
All right, moving on to your questions, and feel free to tweet me in more. They also don't have to be basketball-related. We're allowed to have a little bit of fun here on Locked on Pelicans. Blaine Edwards has two here. You can follow her on Twitter at Blaine, B-L-A-N-E underscore Edwards. First one is, if you had to guess who would get cut from, if you had to guess who would get cut from the roster, who would it be? I think it's pretty easy. I don't think there's going to be any surprise cuts or anything last year. I think uh, we had one surprise last year, but this year it's going to be pretty straightforward. And it's frankly, everyone you know who's going to be on the team is already here. You know, Javon Best, some of these guys who are on Exhibit 10s who will end up playing on the G League team, those are the guys that are going to get cut. But Okafor is making the roster. Kendrick Williams is going to make the roster. And those are the two guys who were, you know, maybe in doubt and might be in doubt until their contract guarantees probably around January 15th. I don't have their numbers in front of me. Uh, and, and, you know, those are the two most expendable guys on the roster because they're on unguaranteed deals and it doesn't cost you nearly as much against the salary cap in future years. But they have pretty defined roles. At least Okafor does as the backup big. He might not be getting tons and tons of minutes, but if Derek Favors gets into foul trouble, if Zion Williams gets into foul trouble, or hell, even Brandon Ingram potentially, that's the guy who kind of slides right into the front court and can really help you out. You know, he's he's not going anywhere. Kenrich Williams is another interesting one because he's looked pretty good in preseason and he's been very involved in practice and he's a guy that the coaching staff obviously likes. And he stepped up into being somewhat of a vocal leader for this team, a team that's in need of someone like that. And though he's only been on the team since last year, since there's only six holdovers from last year's roster, he's kind of one of the elder statesmen here when it comes to the Pelicans. And he's really embraced that role. He's really stepped up into it and he's really working on that three-point shot to hit it consistently to space the court for the rest of the team. And that's what's going to keep him on this roster, and that's what's going to give him minutes more than anything else. But he's looked good in preseason. You know, this is a guy who's got a bit of a dribble drive and has attacked and created for Zion Williamson that way. He grabs you a bunch of boards. You know, no one probably works harder. Hell, his nickname is Kenny Hustle for a reason. And if he can hit threes, he's useful out there. And if teams are even just guarding him out on the perimeter, that's a useful trait to have too. I kind of like what I've seen from him, particularly with that second unit in some of those comeback lineups. You know, it's Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Frank Jackson, we had Josh Hart, Okafor, and then Kenrich Williams on there. And Kenrich Williams, even though he wasn't taking tons of shots in those lineups, was doing a lot of the work that you just need to have a successful lineup on the floor. He can handle the ball a little bit, he can shoot the three enough, he can drive and attack, and he can rebound, and he gives you enough defense pretty good to me I think this is a guy who doesn't necessarily have like a guaranteed rotation spot but if say Brandon Ingram gets in foul trouble early on and you need some size and rebounding out there maybe you put Kenrich Williams in for him instead of a guy like Josh Hart or maybe it's you know a a power forward or a guy like Zion gets in some some trouble and you don't want to run a lineup of Okafor and Favors up there two center so you put in Kenrich Williams or you slide Ingram to the four and then put in Kenrich Williams at the three. I think that could be the type of role that he has. He's kind of like a Swiss army knife that's just, okay, he fills a variety of roles, so throw him in there when one of those roles opens up. So I don't want to say he's in for a big year, but he's kind of that glue guy, that role guy that you want to have on the team. The team's high on him. He'll see minutes. They're going to be sporadic, but he definitely has a place on the team. Unless, of course, they make a big trade or something like that, then we'll, we'll talk about it. But I don't see that really being a priority for this team right now, so I think he's pretty safe. 
So we'll get into a question about the closing lineup coming up. But before we do that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below the belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. Final question of today's podcast, and I like this one a lot, but it's not an easy answer. And Ernie asked this. You can follow him on Twitter. I'm assuming him at Ehelm, H-E-L-M, 111. And his question is, in your opinion, in a close game, who is your closeout lineup so far? So who is the finishing five? So I'm going to do a cop out here. It, it depends. It depends on if you're leading. It depends on if you're losing. And it potentially depends on the makeup of the opposing team. You're going to roll out a different finishing five potentially against the Utah Jazz with Rudy Gobert potentially than you would say the Atlanta Hawks to use just two of the teams the Pelicans have played in the preseason. My go-to finishing five just right off the bat and again it depends if it's like five points, ten points, what are you considering a close game? Let's use final five minutes plus or minus five for the you know points either way um, for the Pelicans since that's what NBA uses for crunch time. Obviously you've got locks in here which would be Drew Holiday and Zion Williamson. They're going to be in the lineup. I'd I'd go as far as saying that Brandon Ingram is likely going to be a lock as well. So that leaves you two other spots. You know, I don't necessarily have Lonzo Ball in there. I think his lack of shooting in a very close game could be a huge liability. If you're up and the opposing team is playing the foul game and his free throw shooting form doesn't carry over from preseason, you can't have him out there because you can't have him getting sent to the line. So I take him out. And instead, I probably put in J.J. Redick. That three-point shooting is important. He can facilitate the ball well enough. And just the fact that he's a threat and the court gravity has, I think, does a lot for your offense. So who's the final guy? And I thought about this a little bit and eventually landed on Nicolo Melli. He's looked good in preseason so far. Shot's not really falling, but we kind of assume that'll come in time. And if it does, he's the guy I probably put in there. He gives you three-point shooting. More importantly, he gives you rebounding, too. He plays pretty good defense and just moves like an NBA player and passes the ball well, too. He kind of fits what you need when you have that smaller lineup out there with uh, Drew, JJ, and Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson. It's a bit small. You probably need another big out there, not necessarily going with three or four guards. So I would put him in there, and I think that's a pretty good lineup of uh, Drew Holiday, JJ Redick, Brandon Ingram, Nicolo Melli, and Zion Williamson. They should be able to do some damage. That's a lineup that's kind of well-rounded. If you have a lead, they'll play good enough defense. They'll rebound well enough that you don't need to worry about that lead just evaporating. If you're down, they'll be able to kind of get you some points. That's got a good mix of attacking and shooting, I think. But it also depends on the lineup and the team you're playing. If you're playing the Jazz and they've got Derek Favors in there, not Derek Favors, sorry, Rudy Gobert, which then leads into, you probably want Derek Favors in there just for the defensive portion so that Zion's not necessarily having to guard that bigger guy who might be able to post him up and get you some easy buckets. So the Pelicans could go a variety of ways, but I think the that those five guys are the guys that are the main ones. But it depends on the situation. If you're down 15... I don't know if you're going to call that a close game, but maybe say there's eight minutes left in the fourth. You're probably going to run a lineup of Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, J.J. Redick, maybe Etwan Moore out there for shooting or Josh Hart potentially alongside Zion Williamson and just go super small and try and either create for Zion down low with shooters all around him 
or you're going to then have open threes. Maybe you throw Nikhil Alexander-Walker in there too. So it depends on the situation. I don't know if there's necessarily going to be one group that's the finishing five because there's times when you could have Alonzo Ball in there. There's times when you don't. It just depends on the situation. Do you need more defense? Do you need more offense? Are you up? Are you down? All of those things really kind of factor into all of this. But it's fun talking about these combinations because I like a lot of the lineups we just mentioned. They can do a lot of different things really well. And it's nice to have more than one option for the finishing five. We haven't really seen that in years past. So the Pelicans, again, have more flexibility, more depth than we've seen in a while. And that makes them pretty dangerous. They can adapt to other situations pretty easily. But they can also then try and force opponents to adapt to them with some of the guys that they have. Overall, a good position to be in if you're Alvin Gentry. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. We'll take more questions on the podcast next couple of days as well. At Nola Jake on Twitter, tweet me your question. I've been putting out the call for it, so we'll keep that rolling. These are kind of fun. So thank you all for listening. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.